Today, even as we celebrate Merdeka, I was thinking of what to share when the Lord gave me this verse, uh, this words, give me 10 days. And I'll tell you in a while why God is saying give me 10 days. Partly it's because we're also in the middle of our 40 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you are participating in this 40 days of prayer and fasting? Wow, quite a good number of you. For the rest of you, it is not too late yet. That is why I entitled this, give me 10 days. So that in the remaining 14 days, you may want to give God 10 days of this season of your life, all right? Now, why is it significant? Because NECF, last year, at the end of last year's 40 days, actually received a word from the Lord that the theme for this year's fast would be hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Hear what the Spirit is saying in the times we live in. Based on the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus speaking the seven churches in the book of Revelations. And in the book of Revelations, you will see this phrase repeated very often in chapter 2 and 3. Listen or anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. Even as the world goes through so many changes, as in the 2020 has been a pivotal year, really a year that the nations of the world is changing. And even as there's been shaking, uh, even uh, economy will change, but more than anything, nations are going through changes. But the most important instrument to God is not even the political realm, it's not even the economic realm. As far as God is concerned, it is the church of God that is the key to the kingdom of heaven. And the reason why God speaks only to the churches is that actually it is the church that is most important. And that is why on this Merdeka weekend, I felt it important that God is reminding you and reminding me that you and I, we make up the church of God. It's not just the pastors. It's not just you. In fact, it's not even just one or two of you. It is the church of God coming together collectively, owning the purposes of God. And not just even one church, but a church of God throughout Malaysia. That is the key to the whole nation, to this season that we're living in. Now, why is the church so important? Why would God only speak to the church? The first reason, the church has the keys of the kingdom. You know, in Matthew 16, we, hear, we know this very famous verse that Jesus uh, turns to Peter and says, Peter, upon the, your confession on this rock, I will build my church and the power of hell cannot conquer the church. Amen? If you believe that, come type in your chat room, every one of you, if you believe that, say, Amen. You and I, the church of God in Malaysia, the powers of hell cannot conquer the church because the church possesses the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we forbid on earth will be forbid in heaven. Whatever we permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The church holds the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And you know something? You individually are part of that whole mystery of the church. You also hold the key. Collectively, when we all come together, when we all begin to realize we are the most important instrument as far as God is concerned for this nation, you and I hold the keys. Amen? Secondly, we need to realize not only does the church hold the keys, the church has been given spiritual authority. And that is why in the book of Revelations, Jesus begins to tell the church in Thyatira, here is a very good church, and yet the church lacked something. 
And so the Lord tells this church, if you obey me to the very end, I will give you authority over all the nations, not just over your family, not just over the church, uh, over your region, but over all the nations. And not only that, the authority that Jesus gives us is the same authority which he has received from the Father. So the church holds the keys to the kingdom of heaven. The church has spiritual authority even over the nations. And thirdly, what else is it important about the church? The church is God's covenant partner. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. The Father has qualified you and me to be partakers of the inheritance of God together with the saints. What does this mean? It means this. You and I have a quali is qualified to sit in the courtrooms of heaven. And to use a legal term, we have a locus standi. We are qualified to stand before God in the throne room of heaven when the cases are coming before Him. And we have a right of appeal and a right to speak to the Lord and to ask God for the nations, for our inheritance. That is why the Bible asks the church, pray and ask for the nations as your inheritance. And that is why on Merdeka weekend, I feel that God is saying to us as a church, don't worry about what's happening outside be more concerned about the health of the church and the strength of the church and the obedience of the church. Be more concerned that the church, the members of the church, you and I, in this season of world history, is listening to what the Spirit is saying. It's not just listening, but taking heed, paying attention, obeying, walking in it. And as we walk into this season when God is speaking, now God will use us to be the spiritual authority over the nations. You know, as you and I know, recently in Beirut, there was a huge blast that devastated the city and nearly destroyed it. But you know, just before this whole blast took place, there was a pastor, pastor of a significant church in Beirut. He had a church in central Beirut, and he was, uh, his church actually feeds the refugees. And so on that morning, he had come to the church to have his regular prayer time with his staff. And in the middle of that prayer time, suddenly his spirit got agitated. And he knew that the Holy Spirit was trying to alert him to something, but he wasn't sure what it was. Praise God for this pastor. He has a connection with God. He is listening to God. So when God agitated him and he didn't know what it was, he began to act, he, he told his uh, staff, get out, get out of the building, go home, go home, go home. But he actually didn't know what it was about. His staff was actually very upset with him because the staff said, look, we have come a long way and we have want to cook this meal and the refugees are coming this morning. We've got a lot of meetings set up. You see, when the Spirit speaks, the meetings are not the main thing. It's the Spirit speaking that becomes the main thing. But in his excitement, or rather in his uh, agitation, he told them in an angry voice, get out, go home. Praise God that they all went away. Because in two hours, the whole of Beirut experienced that blast. And because of that, this pastor was able to now regroup his church. And all the injured and even more, more people that needed food could be helped. 
praise God for that. Amen? So we're living in awesome times. We're living in perilous times. But it's in times like that, that the church, you and I, remember the church is not just the pastors. Turn to someone next to you at home. Turn to someone next to you. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. Amen? Remember that. And all the other churches meeting today, they form the body of Christ. And we are the ones that God is speaking to. Now, I want to talk about this season. Why is, is this season important? Why is this 40 days important? God began to, a lot of us may think that uh, we haven't had physical prayer altars, but I will tell you this, the online prayer altar is extremely active. In fact, I pray with a group of people, uh, one group almost every night, another group is every week we pray. And it's mainly the next gen group that I'm praying with. And I never forget how one of them said, began to say, one thing we must learn about time is to watch the book of Daniel. It says, look at the book of Daniel. You see, Daniel came into Babylon as a prisoner of war. It was the worst time of his life. It was a young man. And he, as he came out of Israel into Babylon as a prisoner of war, he was also taken into King Nebuchadnezzar's courts to be trained to see if it was suitable for service at Babylon's highest courts. But at the beginning of that entry into that training, he decided, and, and his, he and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, turned to his, uh, the person looking after him, and he said this to them. Sorry, this is what he said. Oh, sorry, I know it's God saying to us, give us 10 days, uh, set aside time, stand at the gates, and turn back the battle at the gates. But let me talk about the, uh, uh, Daniel first. So what did Daniel say? He said to the man that was looking after him, test me for 10 days. Just 10 days, he says. I want to ask you just for 10 days, let me fast from the king's food. And the king's food was opulent. It was fantastic. It was the best of wine. It was the finest of food. Any young person, praise God, is not from Malaysia. If he's from Malaysia, he sure would have fallen for the food. And I'm sure part of the food was the durian musang king. Sure fallen for it. Praise God, it was not. But whatever it was, it was fantastic food. But he told, the, he told them, for 10 days, I'm not going to take this food. I'll just take vegetables and water. I'm going to go on a 10-day fast. In that 10 days fast, as he gave God 10 days, it's more than just a fast. Because don't forget that the king of Babylon had brought him in for indoctrination into the Babylonian culture of that time. And if you understand the Babylonian culture, it is a heathen culture and an occultic culture. How would he be affected by this indoctrination process? Because he gave God 10 days of fasting, he came, God gave him back 10 times the skill of learning, wisdom, and interpretation of dreams. And so when the end of the 10 days were over, by the time these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, came into the king's interview, the king found him 10 times more capable. That is the reason why give me 10 days. And not only that, because he made the decision in that window of opportunity, just as he came into Babylon, at that right timing, because he made that decision, the whole of his life changed. 
And Daniel was able to be in spiritual authority. It says that he remained in royal service until the first year of King Cyrus. If you and I know the book of Daniel, it means that Daniel was the royal advisor of Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. Kings will come. Kings will go. But the people of God remain forever. Amen? If they listen to the voice of God. If they begin to give God time. If they set aside even 10 days. Now, why is 10 days important? Because it's about time. And I'm going to turn with you, uh, ask you to turn with me to Psalm 75. And I'll tell you why Psalm 75. Early in 2008, Pastor Chu heard from the Lord that we were meant to go back to Sabah to really invest big time into Sabah, the people of Sabah. As you and I know in SIBKL, we all went to Sabah since 2008. But in that year, at the leader's advance, one of the members of the church gave him this psalm. And this is the psalm that we received from the Lord in 2008. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks to you. And we, and we will tell of your wonderful deeds. You say, that means God says, I choose the appointed time, and it is I who judge uprightly. When the earth and all its peoples quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. Even in the shakings of God, it is God that will hold the pillars firm. To the arrogant, I say, boast no more, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horns against heavens, and do not speak with outstretched neck. Number six, no one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. For it is God who judges. He brings one down and exalts another. This is the word of the Lord, even in 2020 for all of us. 2008, it was the appointed time for us in SIBKL to go into Sabah. 2020, it is the appointed time for Sabah. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Honestly, God works in appointed times. And it's important for us to understand what is the appointed time. The appointed time is the appointed time of God. It's a time that God has chosen that He will act, that He will do certain things. And in this time, it's called a window of opportunity. If you miss the time, you miss the time. I would say this. This season of world history is only a very small window. In fact, so small it is that a, somebody in the United States had a dream from the Lord about this time. He sh in this dream, he saw that this window that he had to crawl through was so small and the space so narrow that he had to crawl on, on his bellies to go to it. And it really concurs with something that the Lord spoke to me towards the end of last year when the Lord really stressed into me that it's already the midnight hour. In fact, time is running out. In fact, not only that, this week, or two weeks ago, Julius Subi spoke to 5, 000, sorry, 500 pastors in Malaysia on a Zoom call. And he began to share with us a prophecy that was released in 1906 at the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour gave a prophecy about 100 years from 1906. And he said, 100 years from now, in 1906, there will be a revival that will be very big and it will sweep the whole earth. This revival will be so powerful that indeed it will herald the coming of the Lord. And then Julius Subi said this thing about the window of time. He said this, 
When nations and churches, especially when churches, remember God speaks to his church because they have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys, all right? And they have spiritual authority. And not only that, the church is his covenant partner. The church is what God will partner with to bring about his kingdom from heaven to earth. So he said this, if the church arises into this moment of destiny and brings, and brings themselves before the Lord, the nation will move into its destiny and revival will come to that nation. But if the church of that nation begins to slumber, begins to miss the time and just go about their own thing and does not hear what the Spirit is saying to you and to me, that nation will go into darkness. Wow, that's very significant. I want to say this thing. When you and I walk into God's timeline, you're walking into a divine alignment. Do you know that the church in Ephesus, when Jesus addressed the church in Ephesus, the seven churches, he, gave, he introduced himself as the one who was, who is, and the one to come. He introduced himself as the Alpha and Omega. What's the significance of that? The Lord said this to me. It means like that. In the season that God speaks, and when you and I respond to it correctly, we are dealing with eternity. What you decide to do in the next 10 days, in the next two weeks, has value in eternity. Now I'll tell you a couple of things. You know, as we enter this season, NECF actually had a word from the Lord. If at, this is a season when God is speaking to the churches. And as I was reading the introduction, Reverend Yu Hong Seng writes in his introduction that God gave him Isaiah 42, verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 speaks like that. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Verse 10. Before it comes into being, I announce it to my people, to you and to me. And that's what God is doing. He's trying to announce it to you and to me. That's why God is saying, give me 10 days. Give me 10 days like Daniel. If Daniel gave God 10 days, God gave him back the ability to influence Babylon for four kings, four dynasties. Do you know, if we don't do that, if Daniel had not done that, he would have gone into the indoctrination process and he would not have survived the fiery furnace or the lion's den. This is the season about the church. And I want to tell you something that's very exciting. I just saw it today in the pastor's chat room. 31st August is not only Merdeka, the independence of Malaya. It's a very significant event. But do you know in 1928, 31st August, BEM, Borneo Evangelical Mission, which is the forerunner of SIB, was birthed. Come on, SIB, whether you're at home or here, say amen. Whoa, an eternal timeline was set. Little did the missionaries know that when they birthed BEM in 1928, just a few of them, Carrie Torrey, Frank Davidson, Hudson Southwell, in 1927, they had knelt on the map of Borneo and prayed for 10 years. Uh, or not 10 years, they had prayed and prayed and prayed. And as they prayed in 1928, these three men started BM on the 31st of August. I like what Pastor Chu posted in the chat group. It is as if God prepared us all for 2020. What they did in 1928 has significance, not just for now, but for eternity. 
Do you know, God is amazing. If you and I catch hold of what He is telling us to do at this time, what we do will not just affect us, but our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. Do you know that song, uh, Blessing? Do you know it comes from the ironic blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you to make His face shine upon you? It started in the book of Numbers, in Moses' time. I was told that up to today, every Sabbath, the father blesses his children. I wish we would, I pray that these next 10 days, we will also use that culture. The father blesses the wife and the father blesses his children. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. I can guarantee you, if we start blessing each other that way, actually, the next generation will be blessed. Amen? So that erotic blessing has gone down even to today. So God is saying something to us. Not everything that God says is just something for a suggestion. When God says, act in this timeline, because He's determined that when you arise, you pay attention, you listen to Him, and you act upon Him, He will bring about an eternal destiny. Now, I want to share with this. That is why, as we set aside time, what do we do? What do we do in the next 10 days? Now, I want to say this to you. Even if you have not fasted, even if you have not started praying, I'm going to invite you in the next two weeks to really want to come into the gates of time. I want you to do that. I want you to begin to realize we are entering a new era. And in, Malay, in, in the nation of Malaysia, is our Merdeka. Let God set us into a season where there will be freedom, freedom of joy, peace, righteousness, goodness. Amen? And even as we enter that, it means you and I got to set aside time. And it cannot be just one day. I'm going to ask you to do this experiment. For the next 10 days, choose a time that you will stand at this gate of time and begin to welcome the King of Glory in. Now, I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you why I say this as well. In our prayer altar that we do every week, one of my young people began to share about this Psalm 24. Now, let's just go to Psalm 24. Say it with me, all right? One, two, three. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Come on, louder. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God Almighty. He is the King of glory. And he began to say to us, this is what I do, he says. Every morning at 6 a.m., at 5.45, he will wake up, and he'll, then 6 a.m., he positions himself at the balcony. And he begins to say to the morning, Oh, morning, awaken the gates of morning today. This is the day that the Lord has, has made. And the King of glory has come into your time, O city of Malaysia, or city of Kuala Lumpur. That is how you use the next 10 days. You don't have to say, I don't have to pray. I don't have, no need, no need. You just stand at the gate of time. The time gate is the most important gate. You possess the time gate, you possess eternity. You let it go, it will go. It will go. Time never waits for anyone. But even the next 10 days, 
you begin to say, I'm going to take God seriously. I'm going to come into this time gate. I'm going to lift up my voice. I say, praise the Lord. Lord, this is the day you've made. Whether it's 9 p.m., whether it's 8 p.m., whether you're joining us at the 8.30 p.m. prayer altars, or you're coming in at 8 a.m., or whatever time you've chosen, 12 noon, you've chosen to fast, you enter that time and say, this is the time that the Lord has set for me. I will stand at this gate and I'll possess this gate of time for the next 10 days. And I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to turn my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to look at the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful song that was. Don't you agree? Stand at that gate. Declare who God is. Read your Bible. And as you do that, that's all you have to do. Maybe the next thing you should do is bless one another. Go to work. Then stand at the gate of the workplace and begin to bless the workplace. Then as you go home, begin to stand at the family gate and begin to bless the family. This is a powerful scene. What is happening even as you do that? Actually, we are battling at the gates. Because it's not about a picnic. It's about possessing the gates of our enemies. The covenant God has given to us through Abraham is that and you and in your children, you will possess the gates of your enemies. What are gates? Gates are places of transaction. Gates are places of entry. Either we allow the king of glory to come in or the wicked one will come in to the family gate, to the workplace gate, to the gates of the church, and to the gates of the nation. Remember, you and I have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we allow on earth is allowed in heaven. Whatever we don't allow on earth, it will not be allowed in heaven. So you and I are going to say, we're going to allow the king of glory to come into our families and our workplace, into our churches and our nation. All God's people say, Amen. Possess the gates. Amen. In fact, you know what? This uh, Tonight at 12 midnight, if you want to join us, let me know. I'll pass you the Zoom link. The prayer ministry people is going to possess the gate of 31st August 2020 from 12 a.m. Yes, to 6 a.m. 12 midnight to 6 a.m. Timing is critical. All the people in business will tell you timing is critical. And so God gave us a verse as we were doing that. In the day the Lord, in that day, in that day, when God, that's a day that God has chosen. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He'll be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment. Now listen to this. A source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gates. I want to tell you this. You may say to me, Pastor, actually it sounds nice, but I've got a lot of problems. I've got family problems. I've got work problems. I want to tell you this. The church is not made up of only the pastors. The church is made up of you and whatever you're going through. When you are victorious, the church is victorious. When you are defeated, the church is defeated. So it's not about me and my problems. We are one. And that is why, even for those of us, I don't have much problems, it's not about you. You stand in the gate because your brother has problems. And you and I, begin as we stand in the gates, do you know something about being a believer, being a covenant partner of God? When you stand at the gates, you're opening up the gate of heaven because you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Come on, turn to someone and say, I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
Only the front row and those at home. I hear the, those at home are shouting louder than you physically hear. Come on. I can hear them. I can hear them. Yeah. I can hear them. Yes, we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So all those physically say, yes, I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I shall open up the heavens and the king of glory shall come in. Let me end with a powerful story. All right. Even as I was uh, preparing for this, in fact, I have so many stories, and unfortunately, the stories cannot be as exciting as if the real person is here. As we were dealing with all, uh, as the Lord was teaching me and teaching a group of us, possessed the gates of time, there were actually a lot of battles, both in family realm. I went through something, and uh, some of the members of our church went through a lot of workplace battles. A lot of workplace battles. But the Lord began to say to us, this is the time that they must stand strong and not give up. They must build, uh, they must look at the work, not as just an occupation, not just for earning a salary, but a gate to be possessed. And that is when, as one of our brothers went through a very difficult uh, workplace battle, God gave this verse to me. I was right on the cliff edge. Psalm 118, in the message version, very powerful. I was right on the cliff edge, ready to fall when God grabbed and helped me. God's my strength. He's also my song. And now He's my salvation. Hear the shouts. Hear the triumph songs in the camp of the righteous, in the camp of the saved. Come on, let's say this together. The hand of God has turned the tide. The hand of God is raised in victory. The hand of God has turned the tide. Now what happened? This is what happened. I really wish I could give you all the juicy parts. Unfortunately, I can't. Here is a brother that I have journeyed with for quite some time now. And he used to tell me because I told him, you know what, you must build your prayer altars. You know what, if you want to be part of what I'm doing, uh, you also need to read your Bible and you should spend one hour in prayer. He turned to me and says, easy for you, pastor. You are a pastor, I'm a businessman. Who on earth like businessmen like us can pray for one hour? That's ridiculous, he told me. But last year, and I want to encourage you uh, wives, huh? the wife built a very strong altar. So he was, I don't know what happened, as the wife built a strong altar, one day during last year's 40 days, he decided he would fast. And not only would he fast, he began to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning to read his Bible. And he didn't just read one verse, three to five chapters. And for one hour, he would worship and he would read the Bible. Now that was last year. Little did he know that in 2020, the business that he was in would take a very severe challenge. And the challenge was not just due to COVID-19. That itself can be challenging. But the challenge came from within. It was such a difficult challenge that it would mean that 15 years of his hard work would be totally devastated, totally gone, totally gone. And not only that, the opposition coming against him was fierce. The battle was fierce. Very often, in the midst of the battle, he wanted to give up. In fact, he's not the fighting type. He said, I, I, I just want to give up. I, just want, I can't take it anymore. I want to give up. But do you know, it was at the midst of that very difficult battle that God gave me the verse in Isaiah 28. And I said to him, you cannot give up now. And I said to him, businesses is not just about business. Business is a gate because you're dealing with human, his employees will be greatly affected. You're dealing with people and you're dealing with resources. It is God that has given you the business. Now, as he battled that, then this year, 40 days came in. 
And before he came into 40 days, God began to speak to him. Now, listen to, to me about this. When you and I decide to treat God seriously, and you want to hear what God is saying, God will guide you even in your difficulties, whether it's a personal problem, whether it's a family problem, but whether it is a business problem. So God spoke to him. You must yield your rights to the business to me. Now, that's a very difficult thing. He's never done it before. In fact, holding on to the business, he was so scared he'd become poor because he doesn't come from a rich family. He wanted to make sure he had enough wealth. His dream is to, by 50 years old, can play golf every day. I don't know why people want to play golf every day. I think it's a nightmare. But that was his dream. But do you know what? At that time, the Lord said to him, surrender your business to me. Very often, when we go before God and ask God to bless us, our business and all that, we actually just ask God to bless us. We don't realize that actually God is just, when we ask God to bless us, we are the boss of the business. But this time, he surrendered his business to God. He says, God, you are the boss of this business. Whether I get it in the end or I lose it all, it does not matter. Now, it belongs to you. Wow. The boardroom conflict went even worse. It went to the next, 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 next level. And if you want the details of the next, 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 next level, you come and talk to me privately. Alright, Ot Nat Singh, he knows the story as well. But it's a really a powerful, it's a really difficult battle. And then he entered the 40 days. And then he began to tell the wife, he says, we're going to fast for 40 days. Let's pray that at the end of the 40 days, we will see some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. I, I never forget that he remembered this quotation by Pastor Chu. When you do not know what to do, don't jump off the train in the, until you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you don't know what's happening, don't jump off the train, alright? Remain in the train until you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So he says, wow, let's pray that we can now see the light at the end of 40 days. So he started his 40 days, giving time to hear the word of God and worshipping the Lord. The battle is getting at all time high. Right? So I was, uh, by the third day of the fast, it was really bad, really bad. The battle, boardroom battle was so bad that the wife and the daughter would, stand, would sit in the car and pray while they're having this boardroom battle. But do you know something? Four days into the fast, at night, in the morning, the wife was still saying, wow, this is terrible. No, I don't know what to do now. But at night, he phones, he calls me. Pastor Lee Yu, you won't believe this. The tide has turned. The tide has turned. What was supposed to be a terrible, difficult battle, in just a stroke, everything was in his favour. It was so much in his favour that even the lawyers said, this is impossible. Nobody ends up in a boardroom battle winning all the way. And if you want to know the details, come and ask me. Because that's when it's really powerful. I wish I could share it. Went all the way. I couldn't believe it. In fact, I said to him, Are you sure? Have you been paid? What meant to be 40 days was done in four days. That's when God reminded me. I want you to share. Give me 10 days. Daniel gave God 10 days of fasting. And God gave him back 10 times as capable. This man entered the 40 days giving God his business. 
what was supposed to be end in a battle that he hoped would succeed in 40 days, God achieved in four days. Ten times the speed. Come on, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, Church of the Living God. You need to stand up and praise the Lord. Your job and my job is to stand your ground and stay your cause. In the next 10 days, go into the prayer rooms. Begin to battle for the family gate. Begin to battle for the nation. Begin to battle for yourself. Remember, when you win the battle, we win. Amen. When you succeed, we all succeed because we are all the Church of the Living God. And you believe that. Say Amen. Come on. Amen. I need to hear a loud Amen. You know what and the Lord began to say to me? In the next 10 days, introduce the culture of blessedness. So I'm going to say this to you. Next time, when you see one of us or when you come into church or in the physical church, I want you to begin to say, so I'm going to say this to you. The Lord be with you. And you will say to me, Pastor, the Lord bless you. Can we practice this? Alright, I'm going to do this, alright? I believe God saying the next 10 days, practice the blessed culture. In your homes, in your office, when we come together in the cell groups, wherever you go, in the workplace, in your office, begin to practice the next 10 days a blessed culture. And let God show you a change in the atmosphere of your home, your office, and your personal life. Amen? And even of the church. I'm going to practice on you. I'm going to say, the Lord be with you. And you say to me, why don't you stretch your hands towards me? It doesn't look like you want to bless me. I need your blessings. You know the pastors need your blessings? In fact, Pastor Chu cannot come because he had an accident last night. So you want to bless him. Amen? Alright. So I'm going to say to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, the Lord be with you. I'm going to say this. The Lord bless you. In the COVID season, my sisters and I, four of us, decided to build our altars every Saturday for one hour only. And as we did that, as we entered the 40 days of prayer and fasting, a huge family problem arose. So huge was this family problem that it would have divided us. Now, because we chose this time to come into the presence of God, God gave me a dream one night. And the dream I never dreamed. In my entire life, I cannot remember a single dream. I really cannot. There are only two dreams and it's all done during this season of prayer and fasting. So in this dream, I was able to talk to one of my, talk to my brother to even help solve this problem. And do you know, because God spoke to me in the dream, I had an entry point into my family squabbles and the whole thing was change. The tide was turned. So I'm going to say to you, how many of you want to spend the next 10 days opening up the gates of heaven in your home, in your office, in your personal life? The church is you. If you don't open up the gates of heaven in your home, we will be deprived of an open heaven in that home. If you don't open up the gates of heaven in your workplace, we will be deprived of an opening in that workplace. Remember, the workplace is a place of transaction. It is the gates of heaven. Amen? So if you want to do that in the next 10 days, 
You know, just give God 10 days. You may say, I don't want to do this after that. Only 10 days only, really, Lord. After 10 days, I'm never going to do it again. Well, don't say that to God. But just say, God, I'm going to give you 10 days. If you want to do that, lift your hands high. Lift your hands high. Because I'm going to say this. If you're at home and you feel this is what I'm going to do, I'm fed up of this problem in my family. I'm fed up of this problem in my business. I'm fed up of this problem in my health. I'm going to stand at the gates. Whether I'm healthy or I'm sick, I'm going to open up the gates of heaven. I'm going to stand at a time gate. I'm going to lift up my hands. Father, Lord, as we lift up hands, O oh Lord God, we have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, as His hands are lifted up, the gates of heaven are open and the King of glory will come into your home, will come into your business, will come into your family. Indeed, the Lord will say to you, as you stand in this gate for your family, it will affect your children and your children's children even to a thousand generations. And all God's people say, Amen. Oh, you're grateful, Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, upholder of the universe. You are great, O oh Lord God, and there's no one else like you. And so even at the end of this service, we do want to open the altars for those who need prayers. Remember, your victory is our victory. Amen. So we want to pray for you that you will experience victory. Your battle is the Lord's battle as well. The battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't just belong to you. So do come forward if you're here and you need prayers from the pastors and the elders that are here. And for those of you at home, we welcome you to open up, come to our, our online prayer room. And there are pastors there, there are people there who's going to pray for you. Remember, you need to be strong. You need to be healthy. You need to hear from the Lord. When you are strong, when you are healthy, when you are able to win the war, the church is on the winning side and all God's people shout Amen May the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and may the Lord turn His face towards you and give you His Shalom and Amen and all God's people say the Lord bless us <laughs>